Hi, and welcome to Fashion Talks, the podcast about observing the world through the lens of fashion. I'm your host, Donna Bishop. Hello, thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate you taking the time to listen and join me here at Fashion Talks. Today, my guest is Jamie Alexander, the founder of Ruby's form-fitting clothing for trans girls. Jamie and I talk about his personal connection to the trans community, how he built this business. It was quite a process getting information and feedback and the really unique design in his, um, in his underwear and bikinis. It's a fascinating story. I can't wait for you to hear it. Let's get to the conversation. Jamie, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm super excited to have you here on Fashion Talks and have this conversation about your company, Rubies. Thanks for having me. So let's just start with a little bit of context. Like tell, tell us a little bit about how Rubies came to be. Yeah, for sure. So uh, Rubies is really inspired from, uh, by my daughter, Ruby. She's now 15. Um, but from a very young age, she was always expressing herself in a very feminine way. And, and at the age of nine, she transitioned. And it was really more of a social transition. So, you know, dressing, you know, expressing herself, uh, dressing and, you know, wearing dresses and, and skirts and, uh, and, and obviously the change of name and pronouns. And very quickly, you know, uh, things like going to the beach and gymnastics came up. And, you know, initially we were putting her in, uh, you know, clothing like, you know, sweatpants for gymnastics and uh, board shorts for swimming. And she was sort of reluctantly going along with it for a while. And yeah. um, probably by the time she was about 10, she just said, Dad, I want to wear a bikini like the rest of my friends. And that's really kind of the, you know, the beginning of, of the process for, you know, understanding that there's really a, a lack of options for kids like Ruby. And my background is in entrepreneurship and kind of that need that she had. And, um, you know, and I guess I was at a time where I was looking kind of for my next uh, kind of career move as I was winding down my work at a previous startup. And so it was sort of like everything aligned to tell me, you know, this is something really worthy of uh, pursuing. Well, before we get a little bit more into the the Ruby story and and the design and whatnot, yeah. I love asking this question. I'm super interested in in your answer because I sense you're a bit of like the reluctant fashion guy because <laughs> Ruby's is very much a fashion company. Yeah. So you know, I think I think we all possibly have a moment when we realize that fashion, this thing, clothing, has more power than just covering our bodies to protect us from the sun, the rain, the elements. And I'm wondering if you could share a little bit about, do you have a moment from your own history where you realized that fashion might've had a different power, but also how you might've understood that. And again, with another layer through the eyes of, of Ruby and her relationship with fashion. Yeah, I mean, uh, for sure, I, I would say, you know, my relationship prior to this was uh, almost kind of transactional, you know, <laughs> like, you, you put on, for me, particularly, it was sort of like, you buy clothing, and it's like, super functional, it just does its purpose. Um, so I really, you know, didn't uh, take a lot of thought. And, and my wife, though, actually, she's really interested in fashion and has a very unique sense of style. And I'm not sure I fully understood, um, but 
you know, through this really understanding that fashion, um, you know, function actually for certain things is super important. And, um, you know, the, the choices that people make um, to be able to, you know, you know, just like, you know, have their, 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 you know, their normal lives. Um, the choices they make for clothing is, is like super important. And, and I, you know, start to think more about how, you know, for some, many, it is an important part of their identity. So I might, you know, have this generic fashion sense, but for a lot of people, that's not the case. And so I sort of like, you know, learned a lot more about um, the importance of, um, you know, feeling comfortable and also being able to have clothing that's functional and allows you to kind of do the things that you want to do. Well, and I think everyone can relate to fashion as it, you know, helps express our identity and where tension arises. And I've had this conversation with other people on the podcast where maybe it's been, you know, they were a, a curvier body shape, so they couldn't find the clothes that aligned with their identity and they had to, you know, look for other solutions. I think that is something that so many people experience where what they feel on the inside, they have trouble finding the solution in how to express that on the outside. Mm -hmm. And, and as you're sharing about Ruby, you know, wearing board shorts and wanting a bikini, like that to me is that same sort of situation. It's like, I know how I feel inside, but my, I can't find the, the outside. I can't find the clothing literally that allows me to express fully who I am. Yeah. hundred percent. And I would say, you know, as it related to Ruby and, and this is kind of different, you know, and I've, I've spoken obviously over, over the years uh, since I started Ruby's mm -hmm. to many, many, many families, mainly moms, um, and to really understand their, their unique challenges. And, you know, what I found is it, it really depends on, you know, some, for us, it was actually more my wife and my own concern about her safety. Um, mm -hmm. Ruby was actually quite fine wearing whatever, you know, like, <laughs> you know, you know, getting a nice bikini, you know, didn't have to be especially designed and she was totally fine with it. Uh, sometimes, so, but often there are a lot of kids that really just don't feel comfortable. So it, it, it yeah, it completely depends. And there's, there's so many kind of variations of, of how this plays out. So can you walk us through a little bit because, you know, we're, it was a bikini that was the first, the first Ruby's product. So you're looking for a bikini for trans girls. What was available in the market such that you said, okay, there's got to be a better mousetrap. Like I have to yeah. go and start creating this myself. What was that journey like? Yeah, for sure. What what I noticed is that there, you know, there were things out there a lot. Uh, there, there were products designed for trans women. There were uh, swim um, bottoms. Um, there were uh, underwear, and there were some kids options. But it seemed to me that they were, you know, taking a design for adults, sizing them down. Um, the styles, from my perspective, were you know, seemed a, a little garish to me that the solutions for the, you know, functionally solving the problem, which is really kind of um, making that area less pointy, let's just say. <laughs> and, and so the solutions out there, you know, one of them was like a big quilted pad in the front. Mm -hmm. And that didn't really make sense to me. And, and you know, my daughter, uh, when she tried it on, it sort of like just felt like a diaper. And obviously, no kid wants to feel like they're wearing a diaper. No. Um, and the you know, or there was like the notion of uh, tucking underwear, which is like has a really tight amount of compression. So it's really like intense is to flatten 
completely flattened so that there's no visible bump. And, you know, that's just not really comfortable for a lot of people. Um, and, and, you know, they really have to think about it when they're putting on this clothing. So that, so that was one thing. And then the, the other thing was really around the branding. Um, so, so there, there was either like no branding or it was very kind of in your face. Like this is, this clothing is for trans people. Mm -hmm. And I think one thing that's worth noting is that the, the community, like especially parents, it's very broad. So, so, so there are definitely a lot of, you know, trans parents with trans kids, but there's a lot of cis parents too. And, and uh, like, like myself um, and, and my wife, and, and a lot of us are kind of thrown into this amazing community. And, and so for, you know, what I wanted to do is, is, you know, based on a lot of this is really just create something that was, um, you know, a, a garment that was comfortable you know, felt like what my daughter's cis friends were wearing, but also a brand that was fun. It was light. It was not, you know, like we want to celebrate trans people, but we don't have to focus on it. You know, we just want to celebrate mm -hmm. these amazing people. And so when people go to the, to our website, we just kind of wanted it to look like a, like a nice fun brand for, you know, kids, teens, tweens, um, versus like kind of super in your face, um, like this is, this is a queer brand, you know, so, so, and, right. and, and, and no knocking queer brands. I think, you know, they, they definitely serve a, a, a you know, a serve like a, a place and serve a community. Um, we just wanted to do something, or I just wanted to do something a bit different and, and, you know, especially knowing kind of how like parents kind of have to ease into these kind of things as well when they, you know, first find out, um, you know, we, I think, you know, my wife and I were, were, uh, lucky in some ways, just because our, it was such a long process with our daughter. It wasn't rushed. It was from a very young age. Um, there are a lot of families where it's like quite sudden and, and can be jarring because it, it's, you know, happens very quickly. And um, so we wanted to kind of be cognizant of that and, you know, I guess help help people ease into this, um, this transition in this world, but also just have a, a fun, fun brand that, that, you know, you know, I mean, th there's no reason that cis girls women couldn't also buy the products as well i mean they you know they're they're just nice bikinis that are high quality right? well and before we get into like the community and the branding piece of it because it as you're talking it sounds like you kind of had that layers of the onion experience where you think you're starting one thing and then all of a sudden you realize there's like all these other factors because it you want it to be comfortable you want it yeah. to be you know it's something that you know a, a, a tween teen girl can do gymnastics and swimming and track and field and go to the beach in and then there was all of the community you know branding all of that stuff too walk me through what the design process was like like was there anything kind of unique or what were the challenges as you went about literally like the the nuts and bolts design of the bikini sure. yeah i mean i mean the biggest one was how do you make a garment um that achieves like its intended purpose but also have it comfortable and 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 really not feel like there's this you know kind of this awkward or uncomfortable process for putting it on and and yeah. so and just compression by its own like definition, like anything that's a compression garment yeah. is going to have constriction as just part of its natural. hundred you know. percent. And so there, there's a worry also just about, you know, safety as well. Um, so uh, really what it came to us and, and, and you know, um, 
and I don't have to tell you, but w- women are not flat down there either. Like, like this uh, is and, true. <laughs> and and I, I think, um, you know, you know, particularly for uh, trans girls, um, a lot of them, especially the ones that have, you know, um, have quite a bit of body dysmorphia, meaning they're not comfortable in the body that they have. They just really want that that bump to go away. Like in their minds, it's like they don't want it like gone and 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 for them they just want it to be flat and so there are a lot of garments on the market that will do that and that's great you know for people that really need that awesome but also um i think for with with some education um first for myself and then like now me educating other uh sometimes other um you know customers um about what what the expectation could be, it's a matter of um, at, rather than like hiding the bump, it's really a matter of changing the shape of it. So so um, so we're not tucking. You know, a lot of the, the the clothing on the market is is kind of marketed as tucking underwear, tucking swimwear, mm-hmm. and we we're marketing it as and and we're designing it as shaping, and and so so basically we have a design, and I'm happy to get into it. It's you know. I mean, anyone nowadays can deconstruct any clothing, right? That's the reality. Well, I don't want you to give away any proprietary secrets, <laughs> but maybe, you know, a little bit of just sort of like context. So people like it's the yeah. difference between, you know, smushing something to make it invisible versus reforming or reshaping, as you say, yeah. to create a more anatomical parallel. Exactly. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. And so so it's it's just really in the, the, the design of the inner lining and the outer lining and how it's constructed. Um, uh, sorry, the, the, the inner lining and the outer fabric and how they're designed and, and the proportions they have to each other that help us achieve um, a level of shaping, which which makes it look more. Um, you know, like a, you know, as, as we say in our, on, on our website, and this actually came from one of our, uh, one of our, um, testers who, who was, who was, uh, she was a, a trans mom with a trans girl and she was like, just blown away with how they work. Cause I, I guess over the years she had, you know, herself had tried a bunch of stuff and, and she said that this, uh, this magically turns a pointy poker into a dainty dune. And so <laughs> we thought that was a great. A great line that that now is still on our website and we use in, in you know various communication but that that's really effectively what it does um and it, it kind of reshapes the area and uh you know a lot of just allows for more comfortable design there is definitely some compression but it's much less compression and uh, you know it really doesn't feel like you know and anything different than just a regular bikini and and then our underwear because it's designed to be worn under other clothing so that people can feel great in skirts and skinny jeans and um, dresses, uh, that requires even less compression. So it was sort of like, um, you know, we're able to use a, you know, slightly different fabrics with more cotton, slightly softer feel, um, just because the it, it wasn't required. Um, but through all this, you know, there is that education piece, um, and it is obviously kind of like I, I feel a bit awkward, like as as a man. Uh, because I, I don't want to be, you know, mansplaining people about the <laughs> design, for, you know, how, how women are are, are, are different. But it, it's less, it's just a helpful, it, it's more of a, here's a tip that, you know, for you to help your kids and, you know, like, go look at, you know, 
um, uh, go online and, and, and check out leggings, you know, pictures of leggings and, and you'll get a set and it's, it's a great way maybe to be able to get this across to your child like that, you know, you can have some shape down there too, just maybe a bit different. And you mentioned that the, the, that wonderful quote was from one of your testers. Were you, yeah. are you like designer engineer on this as well? Like, how did you, did you focus group it? Like what was, yeah. how did you find the, the right shape and fit? Yeah. Well, well fortunately I was able to lean in from all my experience in the past as a, uh, you know, in software engineering. So all of my previous um, startups were tech startups and I was sort of the the tech person, product designer, and there's a, a lot of the pretty much the exact same process, just for different, you know, different solving a different problem. It, it's the pro- it's a product, and the problem that changed, or yeah, not the exactly. not the process of unraveling yeah, what the, the challenge people is. that you involve are different, but but ultimately, it's a matter of first um, talking to a lot of people. Um, so I I think you know one of the mistakes of a lot of you know people that are starting new businesses, ones where there's sort of like a new product mm-hmm. is not taking enough time to validate that there's a real problem. First, there's a real problem out there to solve. And and second, that the thing, the product you have in mind actually solves the problem. And so the way I did that is, um, fortunately, I have um, connections with um, Metro University, formerly Ryerson. Mm-hmm. And um, I so I actually went to their fashion zone. It's like a fashion um, startup incubator. Because honestly, I knew nothing about designing clothing at all um, before. Um, and and so I there I actually was um, connected with a great uh, garment engineer uh, or fashion tech. Um, mm-hmm. I like to say garment engineer because I think the work they do it's really engineering. Um, and you know, talk talk to her about the designs that I had in mind with the problem. Uh, we came out with a, a prototype. Uh, my daughter tested it. She loved it. Um, and But then what I wanted to do is, okay, I got to talk to people about this, you know, before yeah. you kind of invest a lot of time, money, whatever it is. Uh, so I ba- basically uh, posted a picture of this garment on Instagram. Sorry, not Instagram, on Facebook. There's a, a number of um, groups for parents uh, with trans kids. Mm-hmm. And I said, hey, this, you know, I'm Jamie, uh, this is what I'm doing, you know, obviously talked about my daughter and, and that I, you know, did this for her because, you know, there's some concerns about her, you know, feeling comfortable and us feeling comfortable with her doing, you know, activities like swimming. Um, I'd love to get your feedback and I'm happy to send you a pair of this for free. Um, you know, I'd just like some, some of your time. And so from there, I got about a hundred responses in about three different uh, Facebook groups. Wow. And that's a just that is a good signal that, hey, there's some interest here. Uh, I then ended up, you know, speaking probably to 50 different um, families, as I mentioned, mainly moms, um, and kind of took them through a litany of different questions, um, you know, just to understand their situation, um, you know, as much as they were comfortable telling me, um, uh, talking about, you know, like, specifically related to, you know, clothing, swimming, what are you doing? Is this an issue? And yeah, like from, from that, it was pretty clear that this was a problem uh, that hadn't been fully solved. Um, and, and it, you know, some, sometimes it's just like people don't know what's already out there, but often it's like people did try things and they, they, you know, just weren't, weren't happy with what was on the market. Mm. And, um, and, and then from there, I, you know, produced a small run. I think it was about 
30 or 40 of them. And, and it was kind of rough going a bit at first, just, it was during COVID. And, um, I didn't know if the, the, the studio that, um, I still work with called Pigeons and Thread, shout out to them. Um, if they, um, they're, you know, going to be able to make this because they were starting to make PPE. Um, anyways, we got it out the door and then I uh, was able to, um, send this out and, and I had testers in, in Canada, but also in, in the States and Australia. So I had, um, you know, clothing going like all around the world. And then of course I was completely wrong with the sizing. <laughs> so, so basically nothing fit anyone. There's always a hiccup, Jamie. <laughs> yeah, so I was like, off by, like everything was off by size that every single person, it did not fit. And so I had to orchestrate people sending the clothing that they had to other people. So the package is going to Australia, coming back, going to from Canada, Australia, coming back from Australia to, to the US. Um, but that's sort of the typical um, roller coaster of startup life. And uh, anyways, uh, uh, a long story, a bit shorter, um, we landed on something that worked you know, after a few iterations. And again, it's just like anything, you know, you uh, get feedback, iterate, get more feedback, keep going. And eventually you land on something. And actually, you know, the, the design for the bikini bottoms hasn't really changed very much um, since the beginning. I mean, since since those few, you know, we, we probably did about 15 different iterations to land on the right garment, but we actually nailed it um, pretty much the, the, the first time, like the, that first production run, honestly, we nailed. We've we've had other other um, garments like our one piece have been really challenging, and it's mm-hmm. taken like three design iterations. Like you know, we do a production run of two hundred, get feedback. Oh, there's you know, it's still not quite working for, you know, and just because there's such a range, and when you come into a one piece, there's such like variance in you know torso height, waist width. Um, all these things that, um, you know, make it challenging to create something that, that fits everyone. And the one piece of like, we, we realize we can't fit everyone, no matter how much we try. So we, we pretty much landed on the, on the place. What kind of feedback would you get back from, from families and the girls who were wearing the bikinis and the underwear? Like as we, you know, relate it to identity, like we were talking yeah. about off the top, what was the feedback like you were getting? Well, like the, the one thing I hear a lot, and, and it's something that um, I guess Maybe I don't I, I, like I, I can relate now myself, but 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 it, it's you know it, it's more like my wife relates more. It's yeah. that kind of time where you feel like a woman and feel like a girl. Like you put on that thing and you look in a mirror and you're like, oh, this is me, you know. And 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 I'm sure that aha moment happens for men too, but probably not as much. And but but I hear that all the time where they see their kids put on a bikini for the first time, and they see this smile like light up their face, and they're just like so excited uh their kids so excited they're so excited for their kid um and then there's that first experience when they're actually out wearing them um and and just to to see the difference um and you know i I hear it all time and time again just about you know there there are um a lot of uh, people that just stop participating in all the activities that they love the, the things that you know i you know, you probably loved and, and I did as a kid, you know, whether it's like swimming, hanging out, you know, at camp with our friends and, and those are, um, you know, hanging out at the beach and the pool and being with our friends. That's like such a formative part of our development, like kids development. 
And so a lot of kids, they, they don't, they got, they miss out on that. And so this is like really giving it back to them. And then the other, the other thing is just um, safety. And it's, it's something that, you know, fortunately, cause you know, we're in Toronto, progressive city, we, we really haven't had to think about so much. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and a lot of the kind of the safety things with Ruby, you know, why, you know, we found something for her, but then we went, you know, on a trip to Panama and she was back in those board shorts. Cause I just, you know, wasn't sure in another country, you know, so something mm-hmm. that we're, we're in a little bit of a bubble, but there are like many places around the world where, um, you know, people need to be, you know, concerned about their, their own safety. And, and, um, so having something that allows them to kind of, you know, fit in and, um, do the things they love. Um, so, so I have, you know, had people like parents, a lot, a lot of them say like, you're saving lives and, and, you know, it, it's amazing to hear that. Um, I think it's, you know, there's so many startups that kind of try to stretch the fact that their product is saving the world and whatever it is. And, and I mm-hmm. think like it is a great ideal, um, obviously not realistic, that most products can actually save the world or save lives. But I think it's amazing to actually hear that from, from people. Um, I, well, I, and I can see it because mm-hmm. what you're talking about is these girls continue to be involved in the activities, which is their community. Yeah. And what we know is that when we are not in community, when we are isolated, our mental health suffers enormously. So I can totally make the connection easily between, you know, parents saying you've saved my kid's life. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, it's just, it's, um, it's just amazing to think about the power of of a garment, you know, the the power of something so simple as a, you know, a a, a swimsuit or, you know, underwear, you know, just really amazing how, if you think about what a simple idea it is, what a simple thing it is. And, you know, we'll probably get into it in a bit, but just in terms of, why it's important for, for, um, you know, I have this sort of philanthropic aspect to the company and why it's so important that, you know, anyone is able to, um, get access to these bikini bottoms because it's really like such a tiny investment for such a large impact, um, that, you know, just the, the way that, you know, I run the business and the, the way that, you know, I kind of model it financially is that the people that can afford it are able to fund the people that can't. And then I also get help from donations and things as well. Um, Well, let's unpack that a little bit because, you know, something that as you're talking, like you've mentioned education is at some point you must've realized, I suspect maybe early on, you tell me that you were, you, you, there was a purpose driven element to what you were doing. Like there was much more involved than just how do I develop this product? There was a whole other layer of community and education yeah. When did that start to reveal itself for you? And what are the things that you've put in place, like the philanthropic elements that for you're sure. talking about? Yeah, I mean, it, it was it was like from even before the company was started. Um, and, it you know, I'm, I'm almost 50 right now. And, um, you know, I'm definitely in the back half of my career. And um, I really wanted, you know, as I was winding down my work at my last company, you know, and thinking about what was next, I really did want to do something for the, you know, the back half of my career, or maybe it's third, I don't know. Um, you know, that, that had, uh, like some 
impact, social impact. Um, you know, I, I guess over the, the last few years, it's, I think it's been a rough time for everyone. Mm-hmm. And um, I really wanted to do something um, concrete um, to shift that a bit, whatever, whatever I could do in my you know, small world. And uh, so for me, you know, it really started with a strong mission of being able to um, support as many people as possible. And, and just from the support we need as a family, and we're in like a very supportive community uh, in Toronto um, and, and all the needs that we have. And then thinking about like everyone else in the world, because like the, the reality is, um, the, you know, a trans non-binary um, uh kids, adults, it crosses every kind of like socioeconomic, it crosses geographic. It's just like, it's how people are, how they're born. And, and, mm-hmm. and so I knew it's not, you know, the, these people are everywhere and, and people everywhere need help. And if there's a, a way I could do that and align, obviously having a, a, a profitable business as well, because I think that's important to get to a scale to be able to reach as many people you can kind of align all these things together. I, I just knew from the beginning that it's not uh, realistic to think that everyone can, you know, afford to spend $40 on a bikini bottom. It's just not mm-hmm. realistic, right? Especially in, in countries where the, the you know, the, the salaries are, you know, a quarter or half of that. Um, and so I've always had a basically a program where, uh, and it's right on the website for the bikini bottoms basically says, if you cannot afford this, these bottoms, um, you can, um, go here. There's this small form, um, and, um, you can get one for free. And, and, and initially I started it for, uh, families with kids that were like four to 13. And then I bumped it up to 18 and then I'm like, whoever, <laughs> you know, yeah. cause it, it, you know, it didn't really matter. Um, so I would get adults, um, you know, I would get, um, obviously adults looking for their kids. Um, and then, you know, I, do, I do collect a little bit of data and it's, it's more just for me to help understand who I'm supporting. It, it's really, mm-hmm. it's not, there, there's almost, there's no vetting process. Like it, it's basically like everyone gets one. I'm sure occasionally, um, there's a few people gaming it a little bit, but uh, whatever, like, like to me, that's such as like an insignificant part of it. And, so, so, you know, I get to read a lot of the stories of people and how they arrived at that. And there's some just some wonderful um, parents and, you know, or, or foster um, parents um, or grandparents or sisters. Um, you know, there's sometimes there's like an older sister that, you know, says, I want to help my younger sister. And um, so it's, it's, you know, just something that um, is super important to me. And you know, very early on, I was able to raise a, a, a whack of um, funding actually from Shopify employees from a town hall that Ruby and I did, you know, in the very early days. And I think it inspired a lot of the employees to donate. Uh, since then, it's definitely dwindled. And, and so, it, like, we, we don't collect enough to fund it. But it, it really, it's, it's just, it's an important part. And it's sort of factored into our business model that we'll do that. We also do uh, another piece is uh, um, supporting LGBT centers, mm-hmm. and um, so we we do like kind of more bulk donations. And um, so so last year I believe I donated probably around five hundred, uh, like just in, in one kind of 
initiative, about 500 pairs of underwear, um, I think around 40 different LGBT centers, transition closets around um, the world. Um, right now, um, I'm focused on um, helping an organization called the Affirming Wardrobe. Actually, the organization is called Valve USA. Mm-hmm. They have a program called the Affirming Wardrobe, and they're, uh, you know, basically helping um, uh, target um, generally youth that are transitioning um, and helping them, you know, with closets that where they can go and a, get educated, but also actually try on clothing. So whether it's, um, you know, male to female um, that are looking for clothing like what Ruby's offers or the other way around, whether it's binders um, and, and other clothing, um, female to male, um, uh, uh, it's it's sort of a, a safe place for them. And, you know, when I think about like, you know, in terms of the mission and helping people, I think there's like two big inflection points. You know, one is like the parents helping parents, you know, for kids that are transitioning, you know, at younger ages and helping them in that journey. But there's also another cohort of um, people that maybe are transitioning later. Maybe they didn't have the support that they had at home, but as they're, you know, at college age um, and they're maybe off, you know, like on campus, um, that's an op- another opportunity where they can explore their identity and another place where, you know, Rubies would like to be. I, I think that the challenge really then is like moral on the brand and I'm, I'm really struggling with it is, you know, uh, I've got a great, you know, audience with parents, kids, but I also want to reach this older demographic. And I certainly have customers that, that are older, like, you know, older youth, trans women, even up to like, you know, people in their 60s, 70s. Um, but it, it's just a, a difficult, like, because we're like super small, to like kind of figure out how to adjust our branding so that it like fits everyone. I don't know if we'll ever figure it out. Um, but, but yeah, that, that's a bit of a struggle at the moment to, to try to do that, but like also re- retain that we still, you know, want to not forget about the, the roots, but you know, initially when we started this, it was like kids four to 13. I would say now it's like four to 18 is like really the core, but, but like I said, you know, there's people up to all ages and, and, you know, if, if people can find, um our um you know clothing working for them uh, you're still peeling the onion you're still finding you yeah, know there's, more there's, layers there's huge and you know i i get i do get a lot of people asking me about you know are you planning to do clothing for trans males um uh, people that are uh, uh trans male or um non-binary that you know express themselves in a masculine way and mm-hmm. And it's kind of like, no, I don't think so. Um, just because it's, it's, I don't understand it, the market. I don't have the same insights. I think there's a lot of great companies out there mm-hmm, already mm-hmm. that are doing work. I, I think there's, there's room for a lot of other companies, even like doing similar things for trans, um, trans women and trans girls. Is that there's a lot of opportunity here. And, and, and I, you know, I don't have a problem with other, you know, you know, people in this space um, because I, I think there's a lot more options that people could be given. And, you know, there are a few brands out there that have a different take. And, and I think that's totally cool. I'll, we'll put some links in the show notes um, so that if people are looking for education or support, um, there we'll put some resources where they where they'll be able to go. Are there any that come off the top of your head that you would say, you know, if you 
are like, are they listed on the, on the Ruby's website? Like where can people, can people go? Cause as you're talking, I'm thinking, you know, yeah. what are, what do you want people to understand about the, the trans, the trans, trans non-binary experience, like based on all of the, of the, of the work that you do with Ruby's and, and adjacently for the not-for-profit philanthropic stuff, what yeah. do you want us to understand about, about that experience? Yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah, there, there are a ton of amazing resources. I mean, honestly, there are Google away. There's uh, Trevor project has a lot of good information. Um, there's the uh, trans um, educational resources group. They've done a wonderful um, infographic called the, uh, the gender unicorn. I think that'd be a great place. Like, like for people to start and it really helps people. I think it's, it's confusing. I think to a lot of people, including, you know, myself when, you know, in the early days of like really unpacking, like, okay, I don't get this, like the the distinction between your identity, how you express yourself, your sexual orientation, your gender assignment, when you're born, all these kind of things can be a little bit confusing. And, And the, the gender unicorn is a nice teaching tool and it can be used for kids and adults just to kind of wrap their heads around how these things are like all on different planes, like almost different dimensions. And there's like a, a continuum along all of them. Um, I think, uh, I, t- to be honest, I think nothing beats in person. Um, if you can, um, to, uh, get involved in LGBT groups that are in your communities, even if you have to drive a little bit to, a, to an urban center, I, I realize that's not always easy. There's a lot mm-hmm. of online communities too. There's, 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 Facebook groups, um, like if, if you search on, if you're a parent with a trans kid, you can search on Facebook and there are lots of groups. Each of them have a different, a slightly different take. And so, you know, you can join up with all of them and, and, yeah. and kind of browse and, and see what you like. And, um, but like, like, you know, for example, kids. in Toronto, the 519, yeah. um, and there, there's just sort of programming. There's camps now. Um, um, my daughter went um, to a camp called Machanalev. It's actually a Jewish lgbt camp um and so there's all kinds of options out there but i i think having that in-person connection is important we we do an, an event um uh at, at pride so like last year right before pride um i sort of like kind of uh invited like our community we had pizza and we kind of um uh marched together um during uh the pride parade um, so that was really a nice experience. And, um, so, so yeah, I mean, I, I think people have been online and, and like apart for too long. I think now's the time to, to really like get in, involved, like the TDSB, um, so the Toronto, Toronto district school board, um, they have this great program, um, that, um, uh, that, that we went to for a number of years, um, in the, in the early days, um, to, to kind of help us like kind of get our heads around everything and, and yeah. meet with other parents and allow the kids to, uh, I think it was called the, the gig gig program, the gender independent group, so to, to meet with, um, other kind of like-minded kids. Um, so all these things I think are like really important. Now I realize like some, you know, kids are like, you know, they're, they're in stealth, they, you know, but there are kind of like some safe, safe places where people can maybe like be themselves. Well, and um, I hear you saying that there are, there are places, if you're feeling very alone, you don't have to be, there are places out there 
where you where you don't have to you don't have to be alone. Yeah, and we even Ruby's like we have a program called Ruby's Friendships. It's like kind of like a matchup service where you can um uh you can you can uh register and then it will send out like an intro every month. Um and we try to match based on like geographic proximity and you know who you know like is is it are you using is it Ruby's for yourself or is it for a kid and kind of how old's a kid roughly? So try to make connections that way as well. Uh, we so also cool. have a resource finder on our website, so um, so so where you can find it. And one of the things that an interesting idea that I'm just toying with right now is um, taking advantage of um, this new technology, ChatGPT, to offer like a gender friend, uh, which can you know answer like questions and and. Um, for parents that that have questions and um you know i've been playing around with it and it's actually quite quite amazing how um you know how it can answer a lot of questions explain things about you know hormone blockers and, and kind of difficult concepts and really like simple terms so i've just been playing around with it you know obviously there's a it's a bit unknown at the moment but that's something that you know i'm uh, thinking about um over the you can next. take the man out of the tech company, but you can't <laughs> take the tech out of the man. <laughs> never, never. No, I'm, I'll always be an engineer at heart for sure. What has this taught you about fashion? Like as a self-professed, you know, utilitarian yeah. fashion guy, what have you learned about fashion through this experience of Ruby's? Well, I, I, look, I, I guess like my prior like thoughts about fashion where this is just sort of like vanity and um you know and and signaling and 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 it like so i think it was a very surface level understanding and so not only like do i have a more of an appreciation for like the the process that goes into designing something that that has a purpose like has a real functional purpose I've also now start to appreciate more what goes into making a quality product and design. Like I, I went to the, um, uh, it, there was a Dior museum in France, in Paris. Mm -hmm. And like, honestly, before, like I wouldn't have been interested at all. Like, I love that you went to the Christian <laughs> Dior museum, Jamie. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, and I was like, just blown away with, with the, you know, just the, the, the work and effort that, you know, and, and, and you start to think about, fashion as another art form and that that's really where it's evolved it's an art form um i've always been a creative person but not uh like i i wanted to make art and i've done that through a lot of my companies but not really making art in a traditional way um and and but it's a creative outlet and it's just another form of art um and and so you know obviously something like a dior it's at a different level but but th that's really where I've gotten to now is that fashion is, is it's another art form and it can be beautiful um, and it can be vain, but all art forms can be as well. So it, it's just a matter of like picking and choosing what, what you like and what resonates with you. Well, and I was speaking with someone on on the podcast a little while ago and we were talking about, you know, how vanity tends to have a shallow connotation to it. Mm -hmm. um, but really, you know self-care and maintaining that, like maintaining our identity, maintaining this thing that is fashion and, and beauty that allows us to feel good is a tool to allow us to go out and, you know, focus on 
you know, we act differently. We focus on our goals differently. It allows us to be more aligned with who we believe ourselves to be. And isn't that something that we should, that we should celebrate? Yeah, hundred, hundred percent. And, and, um, you know, we, we all, like we, no one wants to live in a a, a house that's just a box. Uh, like I'm, I'm just wear a paper bag, and you know, like we we have to, you know, feel good. And 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 um, beauty is also important. Like you know, like um, having beautiful things around us and and feeling beautiful. Like it's all it's it's for sure it's important uh, to allow us to be our best people. How does Ruby feel about her dad being a a fashion designer? <laughs> Well, she still like uh, has, has for sure has her own opinions about fashion style, um, but you know she's she's really quite pleased um, to kind of be part of this and to be able to have an impact and, and an influence. I mean, you know, it was really thanks to her that um, you know I came across upon this idea, and you know she's still an important part of um, you know the the process, and and you know she's. Yeah, I think I think um, you know she realizes that she's able to inspire um, a lot of kids. So you know we get um, you know so she includes like a, I mean it's it's printed now, but it used to be a handwritten uh, message of support um, that goes in all our packages, and you know um, we get you know messages all the time like thanking Ruby, and people send letters to Ruby, and and um, you know she's an inspiration for them because you know yeah she's presenting herself and she is, you know, like she's, she's quite confident with herself. And, and, um, um, and so, you know, there are a lot of, especially younger kids that, you know, look up to that and, and, um, you know, so that's, that's really great for her. I'm I'm not sure she fully appreciates how much impact that she has, um, you know, um, but, um, yeah, it's, it's, um, really great to see. Jamie, thank you so much for for spending this time with me and, and sharing the story of Ruby's. It's such a, I think it's just such like Ruby is leaving such a legacy, and I think you have, you know, the the people you you hear from say it themselves. You're saving lives, certainly changing them. Yeah, I really appreciate if, your time. If people are interested in you know learning more about Ruby's, following you know along on social and whatnot, where yeah. that we'll link them in the show notes. But where can people yeah. find you? Well, our, our main website uh, is rubyshines.com, R-U-B-Y-S-H-I-N-E-S.com. And the Instagram handle is at rubiesdad, R-U-B-I-E-S-D-A-D. Um, that's Amazing. where we're hanging out most of the time. Amazing. Thank you so much for being here, Jamie. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining me here on Fashion Talks. If you enjoyed today's episode, please share it with your friends, your family, on your networks, it would mean the world to me. Fashion Talks is done in partnership with the Canadian Arts and Fashion Awards. You can find out more about them at Kappa Awards, C-A-F-A-W-A-R-D-S on Instagram. This episode was produced by Jason Perrier. You can find him on Instagram at a Jason Perrier. You can follow the pod at Fashion Talks Pod, and you can follow me at This Is Donna B, all of us on Instagram. I hope you will join us again next week. Thank you so much, and have a great day. <music>